0: what is energy storage is basically it is saving this energy that has been produced or can be used to create electricity and then this discharge it at a later time
1: hi i'm prab banga
2: and i'm adam Borgatti.
1: welcome to the road to net zero
2: Acon sustainability podcast hey everyone Listen, you can't talk about the future of renewables without discussing battery storage. So what do you do when it's not a sunny day or the wind doesn't blow or when too much energy is fed into the grid that nobody takes off? That's where battery storage comes in. And in this episode, we shed light on the role of batteries, a new storage concept for the energy transition.
1: 2023 has been cited as being groundbreaking, literally, for energy storage projects across Canada, with more than $500 billion being invested in battery storage globally by 2050, according to the Canada Future Energy Report. It's more important than ever to know the ins and outs of these energy storage systems. Adam, in our last couple episodes where we talk about technologies, you've really managed to find the right pop culture references to help describe these different technologies. Like in episode eight, where you describe hydrogen in reference to Mr. Fusion from Back to the Future. As our pop culture expert, any pop references to describe battery storage?
2: <laughs> You're giving me a bit of a layup here. Uh, you know, where do I begin? Energy storage is the stuff of pulp culture and superhero legend, which is where my two very odd worlds converge uh so look the first one is probably uh energon sound
1: wave prepare the energon cubes
2: which is a preferred fuel of the transformer race and it's most commonly used in its liquid state stored in an energon cube so it's to a transformer like food gas blood and electricity all mixed into one super cool uh, no doubt you can't get away from the Marvel Universe and I would say the Tesseract is probably one of the most popular being one of the six infinity stones that predate the universe and possess unlimited el- energy. Uh, and so we all saw what uh, Thanos could do with that in Avengers Infinity War and I don't want to give away any plot spoilers so we'll leave it at that one. And finally my favorite, uh, you cannot forget Star Wars.
0: That lightsaber. It belongs to me.
2: And Jedi lightsabers. So while they're powered by kyber crystals, their rechargeable energy storage source is a diadium power cell, which is rumored to have a life cycle beyond any Jedi of over 100 years. Maybe not Yoda.
1: That's awesome. So you've covered transformers marvel universe and star wars so although our guest today is not a transformer or marvel hero but definitely an expert in the energy storage space justin ranguni the executive director at energy storage canada is a lawyer with over a decade experience in the energy sector starting with being a senior policy advisor for the Ontario Minister of Energy and then as the Ontario policy lead for the Canadian Wind Energy Association and most recently, Vice President, Policy and Government Affairs at the Electricity Distributors Association. Welcome, Justin.
0: Welcome. Thank you very much for having me.
1: So could you start by discussing what exactly battery storage is? Although Adam did a great explanation using some of those pop culture references, but maybe you can give us your view on how the technology works.
0: It totally thrown me off on of these because now I want to just get off and, and research about Energon and start to use that in my speeches and presentations because these are fantastic <laughs> examples. I, I love it. It's better than anything I, I was thinking of. So really for, for battery energy storage or anything that's energy storage, and I know we're talking batteries, but, you know, at Energy Storage Canada, we represent all energy storage technologies, so we can get into that as well. But really, what is – Battery energy storage, and what is energy storage? It's basically, it is um, saving this energy that has been produced or can be used to create electricity and then discharge it at a later time. So it is exactly what we think of a battery, that it's storing energy for later use. And that's why this is such an incredible tool for system operators to use to achieve reliability goals, affordability goals, resiliency goals, net zero goals. It's such an exciting tool um, at the system
2: operators' disposal. And so obviously, you know, as we look at all these renewable energy projects, really the key is having the ability to store because of intermittent wind patterns, solar doesn't shine all the time and in certain weather type arrangements and and seasons. Is that really what we need for wild scale scale deployment across Canada? What,
0: What they call energy storage, they call it like the Swiss Army knife. So another little analogy we can add to our list. And what it is is because you have it for one thing, once you have it on the grid, you can use it for other types of things. So Main use that a lot of system operators like to use energy storage is to optimize those assets that are already on the grid that may be variable, maybe intermittent, or to optimize maybe a nuclear asset so it can throttle, it's not to throttle up and down as much, or what we're perhaps going to be seeing with SMRs, a similar type of concept, or with hydropower, with water power, you don't need to quote unquote spill the water uh, when it's not needed. Um, so that is probably one of the bigger examples to optimize what you have. But it's also when you have it the system operators can use it for what we call ancillary services as well if it's regulation service voltage support all these engineering things that, that are beyond me to really understand but basically is they make the system work and make sure that the when you turn on your lights that the lights come on and that's the key that energy storage can now really ensure that reliability and resiliency in the system but I'll even go beyond just that the capacity what you mentioned you can actually look at energy storage down the distribution level as well and even on the transmission wires is now if you have energy storage and you're optimizing the energy that's flowing in, you could actually look at whether you can defer investments in traditional poles and wires. And maybe that can be better a plan down the road. And maybe energy storage can come in and you can make some interesting decisions that could really be the benefit to the system and to the ratepayers.
1: And in terms of energy storage, it's been cited as being a key part of the energy transition strategy in Canada. So could you talk to us about some of the key developments to date in in energy storage in Canada?
0: Oh yeah, so it's gone. So I started this job maybe like September 2019. And at that time, what we had really is a behind-the-meter energy storage market with a lot of larger uh, customers who are using behind-the-meter energy storage batteries to kind of make sure that they can manage their usage of peaks, to avoid the peaks, to lower their electricity bills, to manage their consumption better. And it really wasn't really talking about things like um, capacity or utility scale or even on the distribution level. Um, We was just in a pilot project demonstration phase. But now fast forward to where we are now, we're seeing the the largest energy storage procurement in Canada with the 2.5 gigawatt procurement in Ontario, one of the largest in North America. So what we're seeing there is you're starting to see it being saying it's ready now and we can utilize it to achieve our energy transition goals. And really down the road and not too far away, you're going to look beyond just batteries. You're going to look at what we call long duration energy storage technologies and that can really accelerate Canada's energy transition to more, um, a more decarbonized electricity system across kind of Canada.
1: So what does that mix of energy storage projects look like in Canada? Is it a mix between large scale and residential? Um, do you see it being more on the large scale project side? Or is do you see it also being deployed at the residential level as well?
0: Yeah, I think we can break it into three buckets. We'll see residential, industrial, and then distribution level and then utility scale. I think those are kind of the three or four buckets we can use it in. And where we've seen in the past is mainly, again, behind the meter energy storage at the large industrial. Now you're seeing a lot more now on the utility scale to optimize those existing assets. I think the next Really, evolution for energy storage will be on the distribution side, which we call distributed energy resources. So you're starting to see things more at the residential level, the small business level. Your car, your electric vehicle can be a battery for your home or for business or for the grid. So you're starting to really open up so the energy storage can actually cover all aspects of the energy system.
2: I mean, outstanding potential. And you've talked a lot about where we've come so far to get us to, I guess, this stage. You know, in your view, what's needed to support the wider adoption of energy storage, and, and what comes next? Then,
0: so I think it is. It, it, there's still like the different provinces. I, I guess if we're looking at Canada wide, I read somewhere that the because it's every province has a distinct electricity system. Uh, what people are saying is almost like you have eleven different countries who are running their own energy system with their different policies. So some provinces are way ahead of others. So Ontario, Alberta are ahead, Nova Scotia is trying to catch up, but really the rest of the provinces have to, are still a little bit behind for various reasons. Maybe they don't need it at, uh, right now, but, but it, it's starting to come. So I think what you gotta see We need to see is make sure at the very least all the regulatory legislative barriers are removed, so people are so the system operators and governments are starting to think of energy storage as a useful tool and how to get there, and then it's just creating the market opportunities. So at Energy Storage Canada, we don't we're we're also ownership agnostic. We don't really care who owns energy storage. We would just love to see as many much energy storage as possible owned by as many uh, parties and players as possible. So if a province has a vertical utility, we want to work with that vertical utility to say, okay, what do you now need? Need to help get more energy storage on the grid. Do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to partner? What have you, doesn't matter. Let, let's talk about it. So I think it's just starting to really remove those barriers and to really for everyone to kind of get on that same kind of base education level, that energy storage is a tool that you can use right now.
1: Very cool. And... Like I said earlier, this this year has sort of been cited as the year of, of energy storage. So could you speak to us about some of the projects that are already underway, some of the major projects, and which ones are you most excited about?
0: So we're excited about all energy storage projects <laughs> that have been announced, and I like to say that I think in I think when we look back at this decade, we would probably start to say this is the start of the energy storage decade, and 2030s will just really start to really even take off even further. So obviously we've heard a lot about the Oneida project, uh, which is involved with OPG, Northland, uh, yourselves, and uh, an energy store as well. So that's a really that was kind of a groundbreaking project that came first in Ontario to show that utility scale energy storage is real. And that was followed quickly by the procurements in Ontario that we're seeing. So with the recent announcements, you you know, we're we're on our way to getting that 2.5 gigawatts. But if you even go westwards, you know, Alberta has over 100 megawatts of projects already energized in their market system. So there are projects you can point to right now and say, well, those are working, those are providing value to the system. And there's a lot more megawatts in their connection queue. And now we're seeing Nova Scotia and we're starting to see British Columbia and Saskatchewan on. it's starting to say okay we're going to have some rfps we're going to have some uh targets for energy stores so it's really exciting
2: to see what's coming next yeah no doubt and it, as you see i think politically and cross provincially and and you being you know at the forefront of this we've got to make sure all these entities are speaking um because the the risk to um media and, and things in the press, such as what Alberta just came out with uh, last week on, you know, putting a pause on some of these developments can really shatter some of the, uh, the the progress that these have made. So I think, you know, making sure all the entities are talking to avoid any, um, you know, ill consequences from this kind of stuff is pretty critical.
0: Oh, and indeed, it's one of the benefits of energy storage, which we're proud to have Least accomplished to this date at Energy Storage Canada is that it, energy storage is seen as a positive light across the political spectrum. So you have a conservative government in Ontario who's done the largest energy storage procurement in Canada. You have a federal government, which is a Liberal government, that sees energy storage being a critical tool in achieving their net-zero goals. And you can go through each province where it doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum that they are starting to see energy storage as a critical tool. So we're hoping that we can continue that 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 we're seeing as a as a practical, pragmatic tool that goes beyond any political ideology.
1: Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Justin. Any any closing remarks on energy storage or any other pro- upcoming projects that you're really excited about?
0: I would say keep an eye on things beyond just batteries. So right now we're seeing a lot of lithium batteries, and that's really exciting and helps with the short-term needs. But really, we're almost around the corner to seeing a lot more of long-term, long-duration energy storage. So you see a lot of pump storage projects being announced. There's about two of them in Ontario. So you're going to start seeing a lot of thermal energy storage, compressed air, flywheels, and, and different battery chemistries. So soon you're going to have a lot of menu of options uh, to choose from when you're deci- when you're talking about energy storage.
1: And that's great to hear because, you know, like we've always said on this podcast as well, and, um, you know, it's, it's known in a lot of the energy transition projects that we've looked at that it's, it's really going to be a diversified solution to get to net zero and decarbonization of our energy system. So um, really exciting to see all of the, the, the new techno- up and coming technologies. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And, and thank you for joining us today.
0: Of course. Thank you for having me.
2: Pleasure, Justin. Thanks. Thank
1: you. So Adam, I love all the pop culture references today, the Transformer, Marvel Universe, and Star Wars. When I was sharing um, our podcast notes with my younger, much younger cousin, he looked at this and he's like, this is really cool.
2: (laughs) Thank you. It is one of the very few venues I can feel cool on, so I appreciate that. And look, I mean, you know how passionate we are about renewable energy and these types of solutions. I think Justin's uh, passion and commitment came uh, roaring through the microphone on this episode for sure. Clearly a a passionate and visionary leader for what's going to be an important part of the energy dynamic in our country.
1: Yeah. And I think just again, going back to the references, because I'm not over them yet, but uh, it's just an easy way for people to understand the technology, especially the transformer reference with the energon. And I'm getting my own energon at my house.
2: Yeah, this is exciting. So he touched on it a little bit in the fact that, you know, battery storage has a role in the largest projects out there, but also as a distributed energy solution and and self-powering sort of on a residential scale. So give us a little bit of a highlight as to uh, what's coming to your home soon.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm working with Acon's Green Energy Solutions, and they they provide services for residential and commercial needs to look at renewable energy options. So I'm working with them, and I've always had this goal to make my own home net zero. And so I worked with them to do an energy assessment, and we did a design for solar. So I'm going to be getting solar panels um, as well as a heat pump and then as well as a battery storage system as well. So all a part of my goal to get to to net zero in my own home
2: and I gave it a try as well unfortunately we've got a huge tree canopy around our place so it just wasn't going to work in terms of efficiency on the system uh, on the roof but I can tell you it's a very impressive offering and an ability uh, and a plug certainly for our newest part of the ACON here this green energy solutions product offering they're also going to come back on a battery pack or other things that might not be able to uh be fully leveraged with a solar system but what you're able to put through in that rooftop solar plus a storage solution is is pretty compelling
1: yeah and then i'll be like the the marvel universe and possess unlimited energy at my home too
2: as if we didn't think you could get powered up more
1: (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us today
2: and uh thanks all for listening go out and look at these there's tons of incentives out there as well for your residential systems in the in across canada provincially etc some great loan opportunities and i think uh reach out to us and have a look on the website for Acon Green Energy Solutions for ideas.
1: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Acon Group Inc. for more updates and teasers about upcoming episodes. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to our Road to Net Zero podcast.